You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, guys? Welcome to another breaking news episode of Wrestling World. As always, I'm your host, Austin Boyer. I did say that if something happens at Hell in a Cell, if something major happens, that I would break it to you. And that I would do another surprise episode. So here we are with some breaking news. But before we get into that... As always, I want to shout out a few great podcasts. So here we go. Bear with me because sometimes I mispronounce things. But here we go. Check out the Cult Film Companion Podcast. Check out the Manic Pixie Weirdo Podcast. Check out the Fan in the Van Podcast. Check out the Crime Divers podcast. The Sense of Shelf podcast hosted by John Wesley. Check out the Midwest Marks podcast hosted by Elijah Rogers. Check out Two Mexicans, One Mike podcast. And if you're a fan of Hills, check out the Hill Truth Hosted by Ted, the the Hillbilly Hill. Check out the Kung Fu Review. Check out the Southbridge Podcast. And we got some new podcasts I added just the other day. We got the Cigar Store Idiots Podcast. Your Daily Writing Habit Podcast, hosted by Christine. The I Seen It Podcast. Check that out. And I Seen It is just one word. But check that out as well. The I Seen It Podcast. Be sure to check out the Fandalorians. Speaking of the Fandalorians, next week's episode, I will have a very special guest. I will be having Jimmy from the Fandalorians podcast on my show. We just were finished recording last night. It's going to be a great episode, and I'm excited to release it. I know you guys will love it. And I want to say thank you, Jimmy, for having me on your show. But yes, check out... Excuse me. Thank you, Jimmy, for being on my show. Sorry, I caught myself. Um, but yes, check out the Fandalorians podcast. Those guys are great guys, four teachers. Check them out. 
check out the Hashing It Out podcast. And last, but certainly not least, check out the Geek Gauntlet podcast. Okay, guys, make sure you check out this podcast. You can stream them anywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcast, or anywhere you listen to your podcast. All these podcasts I just listed, they're all great, and I love them. You know, I listen to these podcasts all the time, and I'm grateful to be associated with all these guys. So be sure to check them out. You know, pretty soon, I'm going to have a whole podcast of just nothing but shout-out podcast, of shouting out podcasts because I love doing it, you know, um, and I don't mind it. I, I don't mind doing it because these guys do the same for me. So I certainly don't mind doing it for them. As always, if you have a podcast you want shouted out, Direct message me on Twitter and say, hey, will you shout my podcast out? And I will gladly add you to the list. I do this weekly, so feel free to message me. But anyways, guys, breaking news tonight. Hell in a cell. Cody Rhodes is injured. If you watched Hell in a Cell tonight... Then you've seen the brutal image of Cody Rhodes and his torn pectoral muscle. I mean, this was brutal, the image. I'm surprised they let him go out and perform against Seth Rollins. Because this, oh my God, guys, it was brutal. But all in all, this was a five-star match. This was great from start to finish. Yes, Cody was very limited on what he could do. But he still put on a great performance. It was rumored that this match wasn't going to happen. But when we heard it was going to happen, there was also rumors that there were a lot of plans changed for this match and that plans were changing constantly. I, Like I said, I am very shocked they let him go out there. But Cody Rhodes, you've got to have mad respect for Cody. And I do. To go out there and perform with this type of injury... You know, you got to have respect for Cody. That man is a performer. You know, that that shows so much dedication. And that shows how passionate he is and how dedicated he is as not only a wrestler, but a performer. He is dedicated. And after this performance tonight, I got to say, I am now a Cody Rhodes fan. I know I I criticized Cody in the past, you know, because it seems like you, you hear a lot of the same promos from him. But now, I got to say, 
I'm a Cody Rhodes fan. You know, he's put on three solid matches against Seth Rollins. Three. And I thought this match would be maybe a five, ten minute match. Given the circumstances with his injury. But no, this was solid. And the fans loved it. Now, Cody Rhodes, he's going to be out for quite some time, probably four to six months, if that, with this type of injury, even longer, depending on how long it takes him to heal after surgery. But what a way to go out. I mean, if you're going to go out and you're going to be out for four to six months, what a way to go out with a performance like that. Cody Rhodes definitely stole the show. Should he have went out there? Probably not. It probably wasn't the best decision. But you have to respect it. Because like I said, that shows dedication. There's an old saying that the show must go on. And that it did. Cody Rhodes stole the show with this performance. And you could tell he was in pain. You could tell, you know, that he was in actual pain. This wasn't him selling. This was real. You know, I don't know how many people probably told Cody not to go out there. And the fact that he did is amazing. But like I said, was it smart of Cody? Probably not. Was it definitely hard to watch for us fans? Of course. Every time the guy took a bump, it was hard to watch. When he went through that table tonight, it was hard to watch. I mean, the guy definitely took some bumps. But this was amazing all in all. This was something. And I didn't expect the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view to be what it was. Given the card, I think the only match I was excited for was Judgment Day, AJ Styles, and Finn Balor, and Liv Morgan and Rain Ripley. And I was also excited for Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. You know, going into this, I, you know, the breaking news of Cody being injured, that wasn't known till today. So going into this match, I don't think anybody expected anything. I think people expected this to be a short one, like I said. But Cody Rhodes stole the show, and I can't say that enough. You got to give respect to Cody. The man is a performer. He is a wrestler. And when he comes back, if he does not get the title, if he does not beat Roman after a performance like that, which he should, then that'll blow my mind. He definitely deserves the title after tonight's performance. He definitely deserves the main event spot, and tonight proves it. But for now, you know, given that Cody is going to be taking time off for four to six months, even longer, you know, who knows? Where does this leave Seth Rollins? 
you know, a lot of people thought that Bray Wyatt would return. A lot of people got their hopes up given the tweets that he's put out, given that it was the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view where he has history with Seth Rollins. That did not happen. Um, I think a lot of people were expecting some interference, especially with Cody Rhodes' injury, you know, but that did not happen. Um, But all I got to say is patience. It's almost time. And that's that's words from the man himself, Bray Wyatt. You know, I think a lot of people were expecting Bray Wyatt to help Cody win this match and feud with Seth Rollins. That did not happen. And now people are saying we could see Bray Wyatt tomorrow on Monday Night Raw. And I'm here to say do not get your hopes up. Do not rush this. We got to be patient. But where does this leave Seth Rollins? Who will he feud with next? And, you know, the fact that he was able to be in there with Cody and protect Cody as well as he did tonight, you got to give credit to Seth, too. And his entrance, dressed as Dusty Rhodes with the polka dots, that was classic heel shit. Getting in the mind of Cody, that is a classic heel a good heel move by Seth Rollins. You gotta love Seth for being such a good heel. To be honest, I wasn't a big fan of them, you know, the Monday Night Messiah gimmick. But this version of Seth Rollins, I am a fan of and I enjoy it. So I hope Seth keeps doing what he's doing. I'm curious to see who he feuds with next. Um, obviously, this feud with him and Cody. It's put the rest, not only because it's the third time they've wrestled, but Cody is now injured. So whatever Seth Rollins does next, I'm sure it will be great, because whatever Seth Rollins does, it is perfect. I cannot wait to see Monday Night Raw tomorrow, guys. It is going to be exciting. Cody and Seth, you know, they definitely stole the show. But who else stole the show, in my opinion, was in the beginning of Hell in a Cell, and that is Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, and Asuka. Those three women blew the roof off that place with their triple threat match. That's one thing about WWE pay-per-views is that, is that they always give a solid match in the beginning of each show, each show, excuse me. They always give a solid match, always. I mean, every pay-per-view. And they did it again with this one. This match was great from start to finish. It ended with Bianca Belair retaining as she should. Furthering her feud with Becky Lynch. You know, Asuka taking that pin makes sense. They don't want to make Becky look weak. 
you know, while they're furthering this feud. So, you know, we'll have Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair once again. And I'm sure that match will be great. I gotta say, I'm loving Hill Becky Lynch. Much like her spouse, you know, I didn't care for her man gimmick. I didn't care for the whole of the man gimmick. But I love this big time Bex Hill gimmick. She is doing great. I, I think I think she just she fits better as a heel than a baby face. Much like Seth. I mean Seth can work, you know, both roles, of course. But I like Seth and Becky as heels. And I think this new gimmick she has, you know, this big time Bex gimmick is great. I will say her ring attire is a little weird, but I mean, the gimmick is great and she's killing it on the mic. I mean, it's not just what she's doing in the ring, it's her facial expressions, the way she is on the mic, you know, it's everything that make her such a good heel. And it sucks that, you know, we can't have her on SmackDown as a women's champion when we get Ronda Rousey. Because I th- I think Becky should be holding a title right now. As much as I'm a fan of Bianca Belair, I do think that Raw needs a heel champion. A heel female champion. And like I said, I'm not taking nothing from Bianca. I'm a big Bianca f- fan. But the heel work that Becky's doing right now, it's awesome. And I can't picture anything else for Becky than being a champion. You know, she's just coming back. Well, she just came back last year. I can't say she's just not coming back. But it is time for Becky Lynch to be back on top. You know, give her a decent title run. Because that's what we need. We need a heel women's champion. We have a baby face women's champion on SmackDown. A baby face women's champion that's not doing so well. You know, um, as much as I love Bianca, I gotta see Becky as champion. Just once, come on. But anyways, this match was solid start to finish. And I enjoyed it. And I think the two matches that stand out for me on tonight's Hell in a Cell pay-per-view is Bianca Belair, Oscar, and Becky Lynch, and Cody, and Seth. But you got to give it to the women, man. The, the women of professional wrestling, anytime there's a big pay-per-view per event, they stand out and they put on a solid performance each time. So you got to give credit to this woman. They're doing great. They're doing tremendous. And I can't wait to see Becky and Bianca do that thing again in another event. I can't wait to see what they do in this feud because it is glorious. 
A few matches that didn't stand out to me were, um, and honestly, you know, this whole pay-per-view, I think those two matches were the the matches that are, are really only worthy of being talked about. You know, we had Bobby Lashley versus Omos, or Amos, however, however you pronounce his name. I know that I'm pronouncing his name weird in every episode, but who cares? Um, because... Right now, I you know I I don't care about Omos or whatever his name is. I, I I didn't care about this feud to begin with. This handicap match was was pointless. And I even tweeted this. I said, "What does a handicap match between Omos MVP versus Lashley? What does that do for anybody? That doesn't make Lashley look good. I mean, yes." He beat MVP and Omos, but did this match need to happen? And the only reason Lashley won was because of interference. Now, that that didn't make sense to me at all. The fact that they had Cedric Alexander interfere in this match. Especially, you know, he's a baby, you know, Lashley's a baby face. Not just a baby face, but a powerful, strong baby face. If they're going to book this match, why not have Lashley just beat them without interference? He'd look stronger doing that than to have interference. Because this whole entire match, Lashley was dominated. Lashley was, you know, basically putting Omos over. Making him look stronger in this match. Honestly, like I said, I don't think this match should have been booked. I think it should have just been Omos versus Lashley one more time. Because what does MVP do for a seven foot tall, four hundred pound man like Omos? Why does a seven foot tall, four hundred pound man need to have a tag team partner versus one person? So does this make Omos look strong? No, by having a tag team partner for a two on one handicap match, it makes him look weak. I would much rather see Omos versus Lashley and that you know that be it. That would be much better than to have a two-on-one handicap match. This match shouldn't even have been booked. This is the type of match you would see on Monday Night Raw. So I don't understand why this type of match was even in was even on a pay-per-view card because it's just not worthy of it. This doesn't this does nothing for Bobby Lashley. The only good thing about this feud is that it is that it is going to end tonight. Is that it, it finally just ends and goes away for good because this does nothing for nobody. And as much as I love MVP's work, it does not make sense to have him in this match. You know, making him almost his manager is good. You know, he he could have been at ringside just like the last two matches. That'd have been fine. But having him with almost in a match. What were these writers thinking? Because this does nothing for nobody. But I am just glad that this feud is over with and done. And then Lashley can hopefully focus on getting the world title back. He definitely teased it tonight after the match, holding up a fan's replica of the WWE Championship. Teasing that maybe he could potentially be facing Roman Reigns soon.
Because honestly, Bobby Lashley versus Roman Reigns would be logical. It would make sense. Because anybody else versus Roman Reigns would not work. You know, we have Drew McIntyre versus Reigns coming up. I don't think that'll work. Obviously, we know Reigns is going to go over. He goes over everybody. You know, Reigns beat Lesnar, another beast, another gigantic human being. We know Reigns will go over. So the only logical explanation of somebody beating Roman Reigns would be Bobby Lashley. It makes sense. So that's a match I don't think we've seen before. I don't think these two men have ever faced each other, so it would be a great match. So hopefully we see that soon, especially with the rumors that Roman is going away for a while, going to Hollywood. So hopefully Bobby Lashley can go on a singles run, you know, face Roman at some point. And it could happen also because with this new brand split ending, well, with this brand split beginning or whatever, you know, we could see Lashley go to SmackDown. We could see Roman go to Raw and then have that feud now. Because right now it makes sense. They built Lashley up by having him face Omos. And they've definitely built Roman up throughout the years. They definitely built him up as real champion, having him beat everyone in his path, including the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar. So this makes sense. Hopefully we'll see it happen, guys. Another match that I enjoyed... Which I guess I got to put this on matches that do stand out was Judgment Day versus AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Liv Morgan. This was a pretty pretty decent match. I wouldn't give it you know a complete five stars, but it was decent. It was entertaining, and I enjoyed it. You know. Um, I think everyone expected Judgment Day to win, and of course they did. I don't know if many of you noticed in this match, AJ Styles was busted open. The way the match ended, I really didn't expect. I expected Judgment Day to win, yes, but I expected a Finn Balor heel turn. Which Finn Balor, you know, getting pinned tonight and losing for his team... I feel like they will be teasing a Finn Balor heel turn. You know, I could see Rhea Ripley getting in Finn's head each week, but and then he'll finally turn heel. And I expected a full turn heel turn tonight, and it did not happen. I guess I just expected more out of this, but again, I got to be patient. I'm assuming it'll happen soon. I think Finn Bauer would be a great fit to Judgment Day. Joining Damian Priest, Edge, and Ray Ripley. And I think it would also be a great, a great time to bring the demon Finn Bauer back. 
that would be a, a, a good way to bring that character that we haven't seen in a long time back to WWE. But this match, it was decent. Like I said, I wouldn't give it a, f a full five stars. But I, I guess it would be up there with Cody, Seth, and you know the triple threat women's championship match. I guess I would put it up there. Next up, we have Baron Corbin versus Matt Cat Moss. Another match I didn't think should have been on the card at all. This is a match we should really see on SmackDown or something. This was isn't like a major feud that I think stands out. Um, we saw Mad Cat Moss get his revenge tonight. You know, by injuring Baron Corbin the same way that Baron Corbin injured him. You know, we, we saw Baron Corbin get stretched out. Hopefully, this will end the Happy Corbin gimmick and we get the Lone Wolf gimmick back when he first came to the main roster. But you got to give credit to Baron Corbin. You know, he's been given some crazy roles during his time on the main roster, and he kills it every time. He doesn't disappoint. He's a good heel. Whatever you throw at him, he, you know, he, you know, he gives back. He he take he takes the ball and runs with it. So you got to give credit to Baron Corbin for pulling these pulling these characters off and these gimmicks because he's definitely doing a great job. As for Madcap Moss, I do see a lot of potential in him. I don't care for the name Madcap Moss. I feel like they should they should just take the Madcap away from that name because it doesn't sound like a serious name. Um keep the name Moss, but just give him a new name, you know. Make Moss his last name and give him a, fir a first name. But I, I do see a lot of potential in Madcap Moss. A lot of people are saying he's a new, uh, the next main eventer. That's a possibility. A big possibility. You know, we could see that. But, you know, this was a match to me that I, I just, I think, should have just been on SmackDown. Because this is not a feud that stands out to me. The only good thing about this feud is the fact that it's getting Madcap Moss over. This this is like Madcap Moss's first big win. And hopefully that like I said, this puts the happy Corbin gimmick to rest and we get his old gimmick back. Sadly that's probably not gonna happen happen. But we're allowed to get our hopes up, I guess. I don't know. Last, but very least, another match I really didn't care for was Theory versus Mustafa Ali. Um... I, I get why people like Theory, you know, um, and he's good on the mic and whatever. I just feel he's being pushed too fast. 
I get that why WWE likes him. But as far as him being a heel, I, I don't see nothing special about him. Except for the fact that he's being pushed like the next John Cena. Nothing about him as a heel stands out. And this match tonight, you know, they did, Mustafa Ali and Theory, they did put on a good match. You know, Theory retaining, keeping the United States Championship, Mustafa Ali uh, losing in his hometown of Chicago. You know, they, they put on a solid match. But I, I just don't get the reason of pushing theory so fast. You know, a lot of times when they're pushed so fast and they are shoved down their throats, that doesn't end well. You know, we've seen it with Roman Reigns. When Roman Reigns was a babyface and he was shoved down our throats constantly, winning championship after championship in the main event how many times, we got tired of it. And I feel like if WWE isn't careful, we could see that happen with Austin Theory. But like I said, I, I, I get people like him, but nothing to me stands out about him. Yes, he's talented in the ring, but as a heel... You know, all the guy does is take selfies. You know, I, I just, I, I don't see anything that stands out. But that's just me. You know, I want to hear your opinions. One match I forgot, guys, was Kevin Owens and Ezekiel. And I don't know how I forgot this match. But KO finally, finally gets a big win. You know, when is the last time Kevin Owens has won a singles match on a big pay-per-view? It's been a good match. You know, I don't know what they'll do with this whole Ezekiel gimmick. I feel like Kevin Owens practically carried this whole feud. The goofy ring gear of Ezekiel, a.k.a. Elias, whatever you want to call him, it's goofy. You know, it's like the Ultimate Warrior. It's like the, the music, him running to the ring, you know, it's it's like the Ultimate Warrior. What are they going to do with this gimmick now that this feud is potentially over? Or when this feud is over, what are they going to do? Because Kevin Owens is basically carrying this feud. You know, will Ezekiel finally admit that he is Elias? I expected that to happen tonight because Kevin Owens was booked, you know, and he beat, he, he was booked to basically beat Ezekiel to a pulp. And when, and when that happened, I kind of figured that maybe we could see Ezekiel admit that he's Elias. 
you know, obviously we can't see Elias interfere in this match because the same person, come on. You know, it, it's an interesting gimmick, you know, and I'm glad that they keep Elias's name up, that they don't just try to, you know, try and fool our intelligence by giving Elias a new name and just being done with it, much like they did Butch, much like they did L.A. Knight and calling him uh, Max Dupree or whatever. You know, Butch is now... Butch used to be Pete Dunne. Um, and I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting others, too. But I'm glad that they are at least keeping the name Elias out there. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how far this can go. I love the Elias gimmick. I don't think it should have been changed. Because if they would have just booked Elias properly, he would have been something. And Elias, to me, was a good heel. And he got heat every time he went out there and performed. The Walk with Elias chants were great. He was over, and there was no reason to change his gimmick. You know, why why they changed it, I don't know. Because it, it is not Elias's fault. Elias was over. It is WWE's fault for booking him terribly. And... They should never change that gimmick. It seems like at any time a gimmick does not work, they change it. It's like they don't know what to do, so automatically their first instinct is to change a gimmick. If you quit booking your top talent shitty, you don't have to change the gimmick. But that's what they're doing. And I hate to bring up Bray Wyatt so much, but that's what they did for Bray Wyatt's cult leader gimmick, the Eater of Worlds. That's what they did with his gimmick. They booked him to lose every single time to where he lost momentum. You know, people weren't taking his promos seriously when he was losing every single match. So what did they do? They kept him off of TV for, what, nine months? Then they changed his gimmick. And here you see them doing that with Elias. They kept him off of TV, and now he's Ezekiel. And now you see them doing that with L.A. Knight. He, L.A. Knight was a wrestler at NXT. Now he's Max, you know, Dupree or whatever. Pete Dunne is now Butch. It just it doesn't make sense. But I'm pretty sure you guys know how I am. I can talk for 20 minutes about this whole subject. And I'd like to. So if anybody wants to talk about gimmick changes, I'm your guy for it. But all in all, guys, I thought Hell in a Cell was pretty decent. I, you know, I, a few matches stood out, a few didn't. But, you know, you can't be satisfied with everything. I'm curious to see what happens on Monday Night Raw. I assume Cody Rhodes will be making an announcement saying, you know, he has to be out for a certain amount of time. What I've also found crazy to believe is that you know, this is like the, what, the second or third injury 
CM Punk is injured. Cody Rhodes is now injured. It's crazy. I think I'm forgetting somebody, guys. Tell me who the third person is. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Um, this is like the year of injuries. You know, Biggie with a broken neck. You know, we can't forget about him. This this is crazy. And this is like the same weekend too. Two big names are injured now. Punk and Cody. Now I'm sure this will halt Cody's big push. But you best believe he will get a big push when he returns. It is bound to happen, especially after tonight's performance. But I have mad respect for Cody, though. Great competitor, great performer. And he deserves to be a man of honor. With that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's episode. This was not another planned episode, guys. This was another surprise breaking news episode. Like I said, I did say that if something happened at Hell in a Cell, something big happened, that I would be talking about it. And I always deliver on my promises. So, I will be taking a break. Like I said before, um, I do have the Fandalorians on my podcast. I'll probably release that episode Monday. I try to do an every Monday episode or Sundays, on pay-per-views at least. But I will have Jimmy from the Fandalorians on my podcast Like I said, this is going to be a great episode. I'm excited to release it. You know, we talked about a lot of subjects. Jimmy, you know, talked about his career and his passion for teaching. But if you guys get a chance, check out the Fandalorians podcast. These guys are four teachers. They all teach in the same school. And they host a podcast. You know, they talk about pop culture and movies and everything. So check them out, and be sure to check all the podcasts that I listed in the beginning of this episode. Again, these are all great podcasts, so be sure to check them out on anywhere you stream your podcast. Guys, have a blessed day, good night, and I will see you next Monday. God bless, and goodbye.